Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and once again, we have an ECNL National Player of the Year on today's show. This is Dylan Gruneveld, proud to be a member of the ECNL U19 National Champion San Diego Surf and humbled to be recognized as the ECNL U19 Boys National Player of the Year. It has been an amazing couple of months as I am now playing for Stanford. Join Dean Linky and me on this week's edition of Breaking the Line the ECNL podcast. And that's exactly what we'll do. We'll get to know Dylan a little better after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. Welcome back to this edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, where we spend time with the U19 Boys National Player of the Year, who also won the ECNL U19 National Champion with the San Diego Surf when they beat Kansas City Scott Gallagher in impressive fashion, as we now are joined by Dylan Grunewald, who is indeed the ECNL U19 Boys National Player of the Year. Dylan, thanks for being on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you for having me, Dean. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was great to meet you in Greensboro at the Media Day and then see you in action. You were a tremendous leader out there. Your team really looked good from start to finish. Am I right? The final score was 3-0, or did they score one late? I can't remember. The final score was was 4-1. Yeah, they snuck one in late, and so did we, actually, with our center back scoring our final goal. What a great time that was, though, right? Because, you know, I'm sure a lot of them are your friends. Perhaps some of them are newer, but... To win an ECNL U19 National Championship, that's like the creme de la creme, right, Dylan? Yeah, it's it's extremely humbling. It's a it's an amazing accomplishment, and honestly, I couldn't have been more happy to uh, to achieve it with the the brothers and the teammates I had. What do you remember about the run? Like, what was the most challenging game on that run, or were they all like four one easy breezy? Or did you have some tough games in there? No, I mean the ECNL is is highly competitive, and especially the SoCal segment of the ECNL. The division we played in was tough, and we I think we brought maybe three or four teams from our division alone to the to the playoffs, which is unusual, but we ended up playing a team that we played three times already that year. We played Patiadores, which is a which is a very strong club based out of LA. Uh, I would definitely say that was our hardest game. They brought us in they brought us all the way to penalties. While we were highly confident in our our team's ability to convert penalties. You know, you never know once once you get down to the to the end. They have a lot of Division One commits. They have a lot of talent. Uh, Pats, I've always had a lot of respect for as a club. Um, they've never been they've never been a dirty team. They've always given us a clean, fair fight, and uh, and they did they did. And I think it was the the quarterfinal 
yeah, it was. It was the corner final. I think it was 1-1 that game. I could be mistaken. It could have been 0-0. People think that you're never going to go to penalties because your team's your team's always going to win in regular time. Uh, luckily, our team had had practiced, and we were confident in our in our penalty ability when it came to. Did you take a penalty or? I did. It was actually a really funny story. Uh, a really good friend of mine, Charlie Kosakoff, he's now playing at uh, University of Washington and doing really well there. Uh, me and him were battling on who should take the first penalty. We had both been strong penalty takers the year before. Charlie's our striker, so he, he kind of got the uh, the nod to go first. I ended up going second. We both made our penalties, and uh, it was it was a great penalty shootout. When you win, when you win a a PK shootout, it's a feeling that you know you're never gonna never gonna forget. Yeah, I feel like Dylan. We got to give credit to your goalkeeper. Who was in the who was in the pipes for you guys to win that game on penalty kicks? Do you remember? Yes, I'm pretty sure it was Cars Killian. He's an amazing guy and an amazing goalkeeper. Uh, he came up big for us there. I do want you to know that I've had Charlie on ECNL podcast not that long ago, and then I also for the Big Ten Network called Washington at Ohio State, and Charlie had a big impact in that game. They scored late to tie it, and Charlie actually put a little pressure on the defender, earned a throw in, and in the final minutes, they got the tie because of Charlie. So he's been on, and now you've been on, so two members from that San Diego serve team. I want to just talk specifically about those two moments. So that game's over. You just clarified it's four to one. Can you just put into words what it means to be an ECNL national champion? Yeah, I mean, there's there's only one way to put it. Put it. It's it's very humbling. We knew coming into the season that our team had a lot of talent. We had uh, Charlie returning. We had a couple of returners like Kai Jerbaka, Jack Bowers. We knew coming into the season that we were going to make a run at the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that you you don't have to work hard. So the boys put in a lot of tough work. Uh, the ECNL season is a uh, long kind of two, well, for us, it was split down the middle. Two very long uh, halves uh, of hard work. And, you know, when you're at the finish line and all of your hard work kind of pays off, celebrating it with your brothers, is, there's no other feeling in sports that uh, like that. Yeah, indeed, especially coming all the way from California to do it in the state of North Carolina. That's awesome. And then specifically to win the Boys National Player of the Year. I mean, think about all the talent, Dylan, that they have to pick from. And when you got the word that you were named the National Boys Player of the Year, I mean, what an honor. Can you put into words what that meant to you and maybe even your family? It's an amazing achievement, and I'm I'm super grateful. I'm grateful uh, to God. I'm grateful uh, to the ECNL committee, uh, everyone that had a voice in um, choosing me. Um, honestly, though, I couldn't have done it. I, I can't. You can't look good without having amazing teammates. And I think my teammates made me look pretty amazing in the uh, in the playoffs. So I really couldn't have done it without them. But uh, it's a huge honor. And I'm really, uh, really grateful for it. On today's show, Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, it's Dylan Grunabell, the ECNL U19 Boys National Player of the Year and also the national champion with the San Diego Surf. Going to take a break and just hear his story when we return. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. 
living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We're here with Dylan Grunneveld, who won the U19 National Championship for the ECNL with the San Diego Surf and was recently named the ECNL Boys National Player of the Year. He's now playing with Stanford. Just last night, they beat Santa Clara by a score of 2-0. to zero. But I want to hear the whole story, Dylan. Tell me where you grew up. Tell me about your mom and dad. I think you have a brother. Tell me when you broke into soccer. Did you play other sports? That's a lot, but I kind of want to know, you know, where you grew up, when you broke in, when you joined the surf, all you can give me. Yeah, I'll, I'll start from the very beginning. Thank you again for having me. My dad immigrated to the U.S. when he was, uh, I think, around 10 years old. He's he's from the Netherlands, so that's kind of where the, the uh, soccer genetics come from. My last name actually means Greenfield in Dutch. Okay. Uh, so he immigrated here as a boy. Uh, he brought the soccer genetics with him. And when he uh, when he had me, I was playing with a ball when I think I was like two or three years old. So I started off at a, at a very, very, very early age. Uh, both my parents are in the military, and that's something that I, I like to tell a lot of people because uh, it really defines a large part of my character and a large part of my identity comes from uh, them being in the military and how they, how they raised me. I moved around a couple times when I was a kid. Uh, we lived in Hawaii, uh, we lived in Virginia, and then we lived in San Diego. So I honestly got very lucky with the cho- with the uh, with the um, moving around as a military kid. Uh, Hawaii and San Diego are not not bad places to grow up. So, and as far as soccer goes, you know, San Diego is a, an absolute epicenter of uh, youth soccer development. So I got extremely lucky in that sense. I grew up on a, a, a small little like peninsula um, called Coronado and I started uh, in San Diego and uh, started playing for a little c- club that's now called uh, Coronado FC. They kind of taught me the technical fundamental basics of soccer and it, they really uh, facilitated the love I have for the game. I moved over to Albion, which uh, I am also very grateful for that club. I think um I, I talk a lot about I'm going to be talking a lot about surf on this podcast, but Albion really developed the uh, defensive, the defensive basics and principles and that defensive mentality that I think I have right now. And then after Albion, I moved over to uh, to surf uh, where they taught me they taught me a lot about what it means to to uh, be an offensive player, no matter where you play on the field. So you if you I mean, if you're a center back, if you're a left back, if you're the goalkeeper. You know, you're, you're being taught at surf where and how to build, to play. Um, it's it's a beautiful style they play. So I want to clarify. So both your mom and dad were in the military or just your dad? Were both of them in or? Both, both of them were. My mom was, a, was a, a helicopter pilot, just like my dad was. Wow, that's awesome. What are their names? My mom's name is Jeannie Grunneveld and my dad's name is Chris Grunneveld. Two highly impressive individuals. Uh, my mom started flying right when they lifted the uh, ban for women flying in combat. So, yeah, she's been a role model uh, for me. And sorry. Yeah, I do have a little brother as well. He's uh, he's he's quite the athletic stud. He runs track in high school. Uh, we played high school, the high school soccer together my final year. So that was quite a privilege for me. He's an amazing kid. 
I couldn't ask for for a better younger brother. So honestly, I love the fact that you hold your parents in such high esteem, especially with your mom kind of breaking that barrier right away and being one of the first women to fly. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I also get the sense that your parents made sure that you knew the importance of academics or you wouldn't be at Stanford, which is one of the best academic institutions in the country, if not the world. Is that fair to say that they always kind of pushed high academics, Dylan? Yeah, it's extremely fair. Uh, the military holds high expectations for their uh, personnel and my, my family, my parents and uh, in specific kind of held high expectations for me, but they were super supportive. Uh, they pushed me along the way. They always pushed me to be the best man I could be. And my my dad especially always pushed me to achieve that like Greek kind of ideal, you know, the like being really athletic and excelling in that area, but also excelling uh, academically. So. so have you picked a major yet at Stanford or are you still taking your time to decide what you want to do? Honestly, I'm still taking my time. I'm not, I'm, uh, there's, there's so many different options here. Right now, I'm thinking about management, science, and engineering. A couple of the guys do that on the team. Um, it's it's very intriguing to me. All right. You had obviously picked Stanford before you knew you were going to win the ECNL National Championship, and you were going to be recognized as the ECNL National U19 Boys Player of the Year. What was it about Stanford and Jeremy Gunn that said, this is where I need to play? Yeah, first of all, I, I don't want to forget to do this later. So Jeremy Gunn uh, sends his regards. Um, <laughs> that I was talking to you and got got pretty excited about it. Stanford is the the best place in the world and highly recognized as the the greatest balance in the world between sports and academics. I told you about how my dad always pushed me to achieve that Greek ideal. I think Stanford has, the, the entire athletic organization is that Greek ideal. Like people are very highly achieving in the sports, sports center. I mean, there's, there's, there's Olympians here. There's, there's extremely impressive uh, athletes that go to the school, but all of them as well had to maintain a very high standard of academic excellence as well. And that's that's the kind of group that I wanted to be a part of. Just to say that I'm that I'm here and a part of that group is extremely humbling. And it's it's really an honor to be a part of this athletic organization in general. Do you remember, Dylan, what school was number two? Like which one did Stanford beat out? Like who was close to getting your yeah. services? Yeah, no, I was I was very fortunate in the recruitment process. I had I had uh, quite a few schools um, reaching out, but I think the number two uh, school, if I had to give a number two to anyone, I would say it was probably Notre Dame. I really liked the coaches. I was actually going on an official visit uh, four days after I committed to Stanford, so I had to call them and cancel that, uh, which was unfortunate. Well, that's a good segue for me because Notre Dame, while not all the way in the ACC, they're far enough, quote, into the ACC where you see them play a lot of ACC teams. There's a couple sports where they do play in the ACC. In fact, I think they might in soccer as well. And now Stanford's going into the ACC, I think, as early as next year, right? Is that happening next year or in two years? That's correct. It's next year. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Honestly, I'm really excited. The ACC is a huge uh, sports hub. Um, there's a lot of fans at the games. The East Coast in general, the ACC is very uh, very competitive now. A lot of great colleges like like Clemson, Wake Forest, Duke. I know I'm forgetting some of the huge uh, top players over there. I mean, Notre Dame as well is, is doing really well this year. They, it's it's a really competitive conference. Oh, Indiana. Oh, no, Indiana is not part of the ACC. North, North Carolina is, though. Yeah, UNC. Yeah. Um, a, a, a lot of really just like powerhouse teams um, in the ACC. And 
Stanford wants as much competition as it can get. So, um, you know, we want to we want to be playing those tough matchups, those top ten uh, matchups. It's going to be a good test. Obviously, the traveling is going to be a little bit different, uh, but not as much as a lot of people think. Um, I think the duration, like the length of the flight is going to be longer, but I'm not sure we're going to be taking too many more uh, trips in general, like away trips than we are right now. So we are very excited as a team collectively uh, to take on this new challenge. We're here with Dylan Grunewald, the ECNL U19 Boys National Player of the Year. We're going to take one more break and be back to wrap up our time on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. An honor indeed to spend time with Dylan Grunewald. I met him the day before the ECNL U19 Boys National Championship game against Kansas City Scott Gallagher, where the final score, as we got clarified to open this show, was four to one in favor of the San Diego surf with Dylan Grunneveld leading the way and then going on to also win the U19 boys national player of the year. And you have, I think very eloquently broke down where you started and then you gave credit to Albion, which is awesome. And then you went to the San Diego surf along the way you were coached by some, you know, pretty good people. We had Danny Tonks on, just a couple of weeks ago because he won the ECNL national coach of the year, which shouldn't surprise you. So uh, talk a little bit about him and any other coaches that maybe made a difference in your life or any other people that made a difference in your life. Yeah. Um, a surprising story that many people might not know about Danny is that he actually had to take over uh, the the team halfway through the year. We had, I mean, we had a, a good coach before that. He's w widely recognized as an amazing coach. His name was Josh Henderson. Uh, and he had us for the first half, uh, but due to complications, I think, you know, it happens uh, through most club organizations. We had uh, we had Danny take over. And I mean, I think every coach can recognize that a U19 boys team who's soon to be off to college uh, is going to be a, an extremely big challenge to just like come in and take over uh, as a coach. Uh, Danny's a Danny's a young coach and he came in and and hit the ground rolling. Um, I think we, we were strong in the fall with Josh, but with Danny, we didn't, we, I don't think we lost a game in the spring. We went undefeated. He was a, a very impressive coach to us. He, uh, he led as a, a, um, a great leader. He really facilitated the development of stronger relationships throughout the team. Um, he pushed me specifically uh, to be a leader on the team. Um, that's something that 
you know, I'm really grateful to him for. And honestly, I, I just don't think people people realize how challenging it is for a coach to come in uh, just like at the snap of, of fingers and lead a, lead a team to a national championship. So Danny deserves all the credit in the world. What about at Albion? Is there a coach that uh, you remember um, or is that too far down the road where it's hard to remember a coach? <laughs> no, I had, I had a, a, an ama amazing coaches growing up my whole life, but honestly, I, all three of my coaches I had at Albion were spectacular. Most recently, I remember Frankie Sanfilippo. He's now the uh, assistant coach at USD, but uh, he really transformed my 2004, uh, at the time, age group team um, into a, a national competitor as well in the MLS Next League. Um, and uh, Frankie, Frankie developed me, uh, my attitude a lot. Um, he taught me how to mature in the game. Um, he really... Uh, facilitated the love I have as well uh, for competition. He made me he made me into an even bigger competitor uh, than I was when I got to him. There's certain coaches that you grow up with that you would just lay your life on the line for. And as a defender, I think you know no matter what happened, uh, I would always you know take a bullet for my coach. So that was kind of how it was with me and Frankie. I love that. So in 2007, the Carolina Railhawks started. And the captain for the first two seasons was Frankie Sanfilippo. I was the play-by-play -play guy for then the Carolina Railhawks. They have since changed to North Carolina FC, and I continue to be the play-by-play -play guy. We ended up not signing Frankie after the second year, and he always held that against us. And it felt like, even though he's not a goal scorer, I swear, Dylan, it felt like every time he came back, to carry North Carolina, he would score a goal. And then I ran into him when, when San Diego played Duke last year, because I also caught that game and he's, you know, was working for Brian Quinn as an assistant coach. So I love that you mentioned Frankie Sanfilippo. I, I used to do the funky cold Medina song to him uh, when he was on the team, which was is a song you won't recognize, but uh, but you know, it just kind of sounded the same. So that that is brilliant that you did that. You know, along the way, you um probably recognize that ECNL boys was really growing and continues to grow. I think this was a banner year. Hopefully you'll say good things about the final event, but can you just talk about the quality of the ECNL as it prepared you for the next level? Yeah. ECNL is amazing. There's some really, um, some really high level, high level clubs, some high level teams. As I was talking about Patiadores, when the DA split up um, the USDA back after COVID happened, um, there were really only two top top leagues to go to, and the ECNL provides an amazing opportunity for kids that want to play in college. It also provides an opportunity to still play at your high school level if that's something you endeavor to do, and it provided me with that opportunity to play with my brother. So the ECNL provided me with with a lot of opportunities. Uh, they they have extremely high level competition, and the final event in in North Carolina was was very impressive. It was a great venue. The fields were nice. And the final stadium, that that provided an atmosphere that was really fun to play in for my teammates and I. We're here with Dylan Grunneveld. We're almost done, as this has been this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. He won the U19 ECNL Boys National Championship with the San Diego Surf, and he won the ECNL U19 Boys National Player of the Year. I'm glad you mentioned your high school because I know you played for Coronado High School. You served as the captain during the 
2022-23 season. You were all CIF first team. You earned the golden boot. You were named the offensive MVP. And I think that says a lot because you were able to achieve great success with the ECNL, winning the ECNL Player of the Year, but you also would enjoy that camaraderie playing high school soccer and having great success, right? Those are great memories for you forever, right? It's, a, it's amazing. Uh, high school soccer, I played my final two years because I, I switched over to surf my sophomore or after my sophomore year of high school. Wow, like high school was a lot, a lot more fun um, than I thought it was going to be. And my final year, I got to even play with my younger brother, which uh, made it all that more special. Uh, I also got to play with Nick Lohr, who was on my uh, surf team as the center back that I played next to um, in the championship. So I had I had uh, my best friend as long as my uh, as well as my brother uh, to play with at the high school level. And we, we had a, a lot of success and a lot of fun on that team. So what are your short and long-term goals, primarily with soccer? So you're at Stanford. I mean, do you want to go out into the business world when you're done? Or do you, you know, being the National Boys Player of the Year, are you thinking about being a professional soccer player down the road, Dylan? Yeah, to answer that question, uh, there's two parts. The short-term, uh, my short-term goal here is to, is, to, uh, is to start for this team. It's to make an impact. It's to win a, a national championship here. As, as far as uh, long-term goals go, I mean, I've always wanted to be a professional soccer player. I think it just runs in the uh, Dutch genetics, but I want to. I definitely want to go overseas after my my college run is done and try to make it uh, professional somewhere. That's that's always been a dream of mine. Okay, just a couple rapid fire questions, and we'll let you go because we know that Jeremy Gunn wants you out there at practice. I love that you're wearing your Stanford shirt with those three stars. I want to remind everybody that. Stanford did something that we thought none, no team could do. They won three championships in a row, and Dylan wants to be a part of another championship. What is your favorite professional team, European team, American team, whatever? What is your favorite team? What team is the team that you like to watch the most, Dylan? To answer this question, it's kind of difficult because growing up, I always loved watching Robin Van Persie uh, at Manchester United, not at Arsenal. I loved watching Rooney at United. Uh, me and my dad were huge Manchester United fans just because of RVP uh, and his Dutch connection. And now we have a, a Dutch coach at uh, Manchester United, Eric Ten Hag. I would say it's Manchester United, but I have been slacking, uh, following them and supporting them through the last couple of years. I would say that I'm a much bigger fan of the U.S. men's national team and the the Netherlands national team. Of watching uh, many teams around Europe, primarily the teams with the Dutch and American players. I love watching Delict. Delict is my favorite uh, professional player. How about American sports? Forget soccer. So you live, you know, you live in a beautiful part of the country out in California. You know, whether it's NBA or MLB or NFL, like, uh, do you have favorite sports teams that are not soccer related? Yeah, when my dad immigrated here, he moved to uh, New Orleans, and uh, my whole family since then has been a huge uh, New Orleans Saints, the NFL football team fan. So I have, uh, I am a huge, huge supporter of the New Orleans Saints. At the Grunewald household, just a couple more. What's the favorite meal that your mom and dad picks up? What's the go-to meal for Dylan Grunewald? Again, another Dutch connection. I would say it's pork chops and applesauce. That's a, a very Dutch meal my dad makes. You got pork chops, applesauce, mashed potatoes, um, and that's that's pretty much it. It's 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 simple, it's basic, but it's delicious. Last question, Dylan, during your time here on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and it may be what we started with. If you had to pick right now your greatest memory in soccer, what would you say it is? 
I would say probably my junior year of high school, we played Tory Pines, sorry, Charlie, and a couple <laughs> of teammates, Mikey and Andre, were on that team as well. Um, but Coronado was not ranked nearly as high as uh, Tory Pines. Uh, Tory Pines was nationally ranked, and it was the semifinal of the Open Division in um, in San Diego. We were down 2-1. Uh, I had an assist in that game to Jack Hunt, who's now at Princeton. Um, but Jack actually last minute of the game, just launched a ball into the box. And I think I got my head on it. Uh, we sent it into PKs. So yeah, I scored, uh, made it two, two, we went into PKs and won in PKs. And I think that was the most fun. Yeah. Most exciting soccer moment I've ever had. And I'm fairly certain that winning that ECNL U19 title and being named the national boys player of the year is in at least your top five, right? Maybe two and three right after that. Like I said, I'm I have had a very fortunate soccer child. ECNL national championship. It's an amazing feeling to have with your teammates after you put in so much hard work. So it's one hundred percent the number two um on my list. I just I can't I can't really top that one, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, amen. No, I love both those stories and i love that you took some time to be on the show dylan grunevald he's got to get to practice tell jeremy gunn we said hello dylan grunevald the ecnl u19 boys national player of the year and part of the ecnl u19 national champion san diego surf dylan great spending time with you sir thank you dean i, I really appreciate you having me on here it's been an honor and a privilege it's been my honor and privilege dylan well done you and good luck at stanford and the rest of your career and thanks for sharing those great stories about your family as well. I want to thank Andrea Wheeler and the great folks at the ECNL. I also want to thank our producer Colin Thrash and for each and every one of you. I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.